Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Okay. There, that's how we start. That is the perfect way for Andy to start. Okay. Uh, some, some lips There we go. All right. Somebody choose something. <laughs> You're a real charmer. Uh, fine Saturday matinee to you both, Steve, Andy. Uh, very, very good. Yes. To you.
hear your voices this morning. And may the Lord oh, be with you. As he uh, had to throw it in somehow. It's not even St. Patrick's Day. No, but, no, that's all right. Not even close. That's all right. Not even close. <laughs> Every day is St. Patrick's Day to me. What uh, <laughs> What's going on in your movie lives, gents? <laughs> Oh. Uh, uh, I've been uh, I've been busy watching stuff. I like this post uh, <laughs> post Iron Man uh, uh, movies by the minute time. I'm getting back to my zone. We should yeah, we should say that you are you're now officially a few. I mean, it's been two weeks now since you finished uh, editing. About, About that's yeah. kind of that's kind of feel like. Uh, Big weight. Actually, we right just been a week. Shoulder. I finished last weekend. And since yeah. then, you've seen 73 movies. <laughs> it feels that way. And it feels good. All right. So give me the high points. Book Smart was definitely a high point. That was, uh, that oh, was great. I really me. I did enjoy that film. Yeah, I got to get out and see that too. Yeah, it's just uh, super smart. Lots of fun. Uh, raunchy, but not like, you know, a, a Porky's type of raunchy. It's. And it, or even um, uh, super bad. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just thought they nailed it with the characters. I mean, it's very uh, a lot of high school caricatures running through it, but I think that they give them all great uh, um, different characters and everything. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So that was definitely a high point for me. Um, also, I finally finished watching the uh, Alien short films, which was. Fun to kind of go through the rest oh, of that. I run. saw those Look coming those. through your uh, coming through your letterboxed. Yeah. Did you guys watch all of those? Uh, Steve, you're the one who pointed them out to me. Yeah, and I've been, you know, it's been a busy couple of weeks, and I don't know that I'm fully caught up. I would go back and you know catch you know one or two. Um, so I don't know what the most recent one was, but I've, alone was the most recent. There's only six. Is there only six? I may. Yeah. I may have seen them all. I don't usually log the shorts on my letterbox though. So I think I. I think I got through all of them. I. I mean, there were some that were that were stronger than others, but I. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I really enjoyed those. It was. It was nice. Re- it's nice revisiting that universe. Well, and I just think what I enjoyed so much about it is that they were people who were doing a much better job with the Alien franchise than Ridley Scott. (laughs) They were actually telling Alien stories that I was interested in seeing. (laughs) That's awesome. Where are where are they? Are they on? Are they where are they streaming? Are they streaming? I'm assuming they're streaming on the Alien site. They're on YouTube. They're on YouTube. Yeah, they're, no, they're on um, uh, uh, IGN. Actually, well, you, released you, all of them. Yeah, you can, on, uh, you can go to yeah. the alienuniverse dot com and they have them all embedded okay. there, so you can watch them. Actually, yeah. Andy, the the last one was Alien Harvest. Oh, Harvest was okay. For yeah. I thought uh, Alone was the last one, but uh, um, yeah. yeah, there there are only six, and IGN released all of them. And uh, I think the last one released in April. So, I mean, they're, they've been out for yeah. a few months okay. now. Um, definitely worth checking out. And, you know, like Pete said, there are some that are better than others, but there's some really good stuff in there. All right. They're on the list. They're in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, oh, Andy, what is uh, you didn't like the most recent Ricardo Doreen film you watched, Truman, you logged uh, this morning. I didn't not like it. I liked it, but I just didn't love it as much as some of his mm. other films. How many more do you have uh, left it's... now? <laughs> uh, 
it's uh, I am yeah I've kind of become obsessed with watching as many of his films as I can um, that are available. That's the thing is like he's, he's got a huge back catalog and most of them are just not available up here in the states, unfortunately. But uh, Truman was I mean it was it was a it was a touching story. Uh, there was just some stuff that I didn't think it was as strong as some of his previous ones. But it's still I mean it's it's an entertaining watch. It's um, streaming on Amazon Prime. So if you're interested in checking it out, I mean it's it's about you know he's dying of lung cancer and he's in a position where he's decided to not um, continue treatments because it's just not mm-hmm. helping. And his friend is visiting him, and largely it's about him trying to figure out what to do with his dog Truman. Oh, and so, yeah, because he's, uh, you know, it's it's his second so child, as he it's says, it's a dog story. And it's it's less a dog story than it is, uh, you know, a, a story between these two mm. friends and kind of his journey. So but, what you're saying is maybe you know, it would have been better had it been more of a dog story. I get it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but they, <laughs> they really do their best to avoid going down the treacly a dog's tail yeah. route. For the better, right. I would argue. Yeah. Uh, Steve, uh, what have you seen? I've been working, trying to work through my noir on the Criterion channel, and I I wrote a four-star review of In a Lonely Place, but I don't know. It's one, I don't, I feel like it might be leaning more towards four and a half, five stars the more wow. I keep thinking about this movie, because I. it is so, the writing is so sharp and smart and witty, and I, this is the second uh, noir and the in the noir Columbia noir on Criterion that's got Gloria Graham and she's just amazing in this movie and Humphrey Bogart and it just works so well and at first I thought oh it's okay and then it got better and better and then I started writing a review and I said no let me let, sit and think about this and it just keeps I don't know how it keeps gaining stars as I'm just thinking about it but it's one that I I think I under reviewed it I don't know because it just feels like this might be like a perfect movie i don't know it's i'm i wow I, I don't know if i can go back and re-edit that uh or maybe it's just because i watched something like funny games after it which is just like a horrible <laughs> movie which i know it's supposed to be it's, uh, it's, it's Steve, i have a really hard time hearing you talk about these particularly back to back and staring at them on your letterbox page and see a lonely place which it, i don't know it could be a five star movie for it but it has yeah. four stars right now and funny right. games has three and a half well see here's the thing about funny games it's not it's doing what it's supposed to do which is, it's not supposed to be a comfortable experience. And so I'm going to rate it on that. I it, Just because it makes you feel horrible and is making a commentary on, on violence and, and asking about the audience's role in Hollywood making these violent films, uh, just because it makes you feel uncomfortable about that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And so I... It's, so it's, yeah, in that three and a half, I'm not going to go watch again. I think it accomplishes what it does. And there's so many amazing things that it's doing, the way it's shot. Uh, there's that 10-minute single shot, sort of like the camera's mostly locked off. I think there's a slight pan, but it's just like 10-minute single take of, of two people. And it's just devastating to watch. Uh, and I have to give him credit for that. Now, this is the 97, the original version that's actually available on the Criterion channel. I haven't seen the 2007 one, which I know was the original intent was to make an American version because uh, this was his message to the American audiences. Uh, but I don't know that I want to watch the 2007 one because it's, 
as I understand it. So, yeah, once you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to see it again uh, with, with Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. And no. Uh, so I, I figured I'll, I'll pick one while that one was there. I'll, I'll do that. Um, so, yeah, that's I've been my, you know, noir phase. I, I, just it's been busy around here. I haven't had a chance to get out to see Booksmart. That's on my list. I know I mentioned that last week. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's sort of where I am. And I'm, you know, trying to keep up with other things. You know, there's t- summer TV is happening and all of that and new series on Netflix. Uh, there's that John Favreau one. Um it's like the chef thing. What is it? The chef show. And I know that there was a clip that was making the rounds on the internet of uh scene with Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know. Did you guys see that this? was Cliff? enormously <laughs> satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is... So it's... yeah, talk about it. Well, I, well, the thing is, I love the movie chef, which this makes me want to go back and watch yeah. it again. Cause I haven't seen it in several years, but just the idea of, you know, I, I love when Favreau does these little side projects like this, but the idea of he's sitting there just talking with Gwyneth Paltrow about, Oh yeah. She asked what they're shooting this for. And they said, well, we don't know. And it's going to be this show. He said, yeah, it sort of started when we were in Atlanta shooting Spider-Man and She's like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, when we were in Spider-Man together, she has no clue at all, whatever, <laughs> whatsoever about what he's talking about, which I guess if you're an actor in in that Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're just getting called in all the time to shoot scenes. You may not know what you, you show up, you do your scenes, you know, she's got small parts. She's not going to see the whole script here. You have to do this one scene. Oh, OK. And I guess because Spider-Man's been in Avengers movies, she's just figuring, oh, this is a scene in one of the Avengers movies. I don't know. I, apparently she doesn't watch her stuff, so yeah. which I guess I can understand. I She's it. busy with her, with her goop and all of that stuff. So, but it was just sort of the the live realization of oh, I was in Spider Man is quite comical. Worth worth checking out. That's <laughs> a very funny reaction. Um, okay, so I got a little bit of catch up that, yeah. that I'm pretty excited to talk about because I missed the show last <laughs> week, and so I have two. Uh, well, just a couple of things I want to talk about. First is, I would have talked about last week, FP2 Beats of Rage. Oh. You guys. <laughs> yes, please. Tell <laughs> you us. You guys. This movie. Uh, now, we... Oh, goodness. Uh, we talked about this. The the first of, of these movies, um, uh, the... What was it called? I've now forgotten it. Beats was it? What was it called? The Jason Trost uh, extravaganza. Um, the FP. Uh, <laughs> Is it the FP? I... The the ancient games be, be game becomes a deadly sport. <laughs> they fight for control of it. Was beat beat revolution right? The the game. It's a yeah. it's Mad Max, but with the video game, uh, the dance dance off video game. And we talked about it because we had a guest uh, on the Speakeasy. Sarah, Sarah Trost, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Trost, Trost, part of the family, and she was uh, she was great. She was a fantastic guest, and so we went. I, did you ever go back and watch this, Andy? These movies? Um, I started. Yeah. <laughs> I started watching the FB, and then I'm like, you know what? I just don't need to finish this one. Well, I needed to do that for you and watch the sequel because yeah. she talked about the fact that even back then they were already working on the sequel. Well, it took a little while, but they managed it. And this is one of the very few. This is a unicorn review in my letterbox because it's a solid one star with a big glowing heart. Like this is not a great movie, and I still really enjoyed watching it it was 
it was super fun. Uh, and so if you're into just wackadoo, um, uh, homage laden uh, movies about video game dance off competitions in the post apocalyptic universe, this is your movie. You've got to see it. Um, so that's the one from last week that I wanted to highlight. This week, I did go out and see Dark Phoenix, the highly uh, controversy-laden, reshoot-thick, uh, <laughs> highly postponed, highly postponed uh, uh, last of the X-Men first-class class of X-Men movies. You guys, this was not a great movie. And it was not a great movie for one reason. This script is terrible. Every time anybody opens their mouths, it's just dribble. It's just awful. It's nonsense oozes from their faces over and over. It is such a template of a movie that I, I mean, it is it is it's the amalgamation, you know, those those workshops, you can sign up for workshops, you know, how to beat Hollywood workshops and and how to write a script that'll be bought workshops. You go to these workshops, you hear people who have said they, all you have to do is take all of the movies that have been made this year and rewrite them in kind of a different universe. Well, this is that movie in X-Men. It is the masthead uh, on on a ship that is this genre careening toward an iceberg it is the worst uh of of those movies and yet everyone in the movie they just deserved so much better this is an amazing cast that that is just turned into dumb robot superhero actors and i was very sad for them i am more heartbroken for the people who had to do what they, who had to say the words that were written on the page uh than uh, anything else so this is this is not one of those uh, it, it just makes me sad and so please please let me let me be not patient zero on this movie take your time so what you're really saying is that for the dark phoenix storyline the last stand is really the one to turn to. <laughs> you know what, Andy? Is that, is that what, what you're I'm saying? saying. Uh, I, I think you're going to turn to this one just because it's new, right? But um, And if you want a non-example of CG hair, like how not to do hair, this is your movie, right? This is, it's, oh. it's a terrible alien uh, hair that <laughs> doesn't work and takes you right out of the movie every single time. Not at all a slight to the many, many craftspeople who made this movie. There is some brilliant stuff on screen and just beautiful uh, exercise of color and light. And so on in that regard, it, it holds up. Like it's, if you could watch it on mute, um, it's, this is your movie. <laughs> so, so it's bad hair, CG hair, but then it's also bad wigs. Like the one on, um, oh, what's her name? Why am I blanking on her? Which one? Jessica Chastain? Normally. Yeah. Jessica Chastain oh. with the normally beautiful red hair. And now she's got that freaky white wig. Yeah. And it's, it's freaky. Uh, it's tough hair. I guess you're right. Hair is tough all over. <laughs> <laughs> in this movie. But they give, I mean, they just take, you know, James McAvoy and uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is, oh, Jennifer Lawrence. I can't, I don't think I can talk about Jennifer Lawrence's performance in this movie without getting 
really really mad <laughs> it's just it's oh, just wow. it's just bad uh and uh, so they just they take all these people who are capable of so much james mcavoy michael fassbender and and they they suck out uh all of the opportunity to let them really shine and do what they do very best which is to elevate a genre that is so easy to lampoon to something grand and that i mean that's why you hire these people and they to give them a script that that robs them of the opportunity to do that i think it's just it's a real shame and and i think you know 2019 we have we the, the industry has demonstrated that that it's capable of so much better that Simon Kimberg comes out and says, you know what? We really think that this is a, this is kind of a spiritual cousin to Logan is, oh. it's a travesty. And this is after reshoots yeah. too. Yeah. Not even, wow. not even remotely close to what, what others, even in the, in this franchise have been able to deliver. Um, and, and it's frustrating. Uh, so I'm ready. I'm ready for a new cast. I'm ready to see what they do with the next chapter. And I can't wait to see what every single actor in this movie does once they distance themselves from this franchise. <laughs> Cause they're all incredible people. Yeah. Well, Simon Kinberg, unfortunately, yeah. has not been a great writer across the board as far as what he's done in Hollywood. No. Um, I, I, you know, he was involved in Logan, but only as a producer. You know, the stuff that he writes, I just, I, I mean, I'm just looking through his list and I'm like, yep, there's nothing that's that great. <laughs> this is the guy. That, I mean, uh, why do they give and they him? let him direct this? This is his yeah, first time like right. directing a feature. And I, I don't know what he did to earn that. Uh, yeah, it's. And it's a sh it's a shame because this was always the story arc that I, I I haven't read this, but it's one I just kept hearing about. It's like this legendary, like great story, and so I was hoping this was going to be the realization of that. But apparently, th there's just a struggle of being able to translate this to the screen. They just haven't found a way to crack this story in a way, or find the right people to do it. Well, and I always find it hard, or I find it boggling, I think, when people get involved in franchises and only because they make money do they keep the people um, on the mm -hmm. franchise. The X Men franchise has been making money, but still, the reviews have been successfully getting worse and worse. I mean, Kinberg was involved in uh, co writing X Men The Last Stand, uh, X Men First Class, he just produced, X Men Days of Future Past, he wrote, Fantastic Four, he wrote, Apocalypse, he wrote. You know, by this point, it's like, why is he still? Uh, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. I, I think that they'd say, you know, let's find somebody else who can find a tone that will help. But uh, you know, you, what, this is what happens with these people in Hollywood who are so multi-titled that uh, you know all these people they are involved in projects at such a great extent that they basically become producers. And by becoming a producer, you kind of almost guarantee yourself a position on the continuation of the franchise, whether you're really benefiting yeah. it or not. Yeah. It's one of those movies that made me, that made me mad. And there are a few movies that make me mad. And Geostorm was one that I think the most angry I have ever been walking out of a movie is Lucy. Uh, I felt like that movie betrayed me. This movie is down there with, with Lucy, um, Independence Day. I, you know, I actually raised 
my my star rating on the Omega Man by a half star to one full star because of Dark Phoenix. I thought that wow. half star review of Omega Man is that's a tragedy now. That's it is unwarranted. I had to change change my view. So anyhow, that's that was funny. that was the that was the big update from just last night. Um, well, thanks for taking me for the team. <laughs> you now, got it. But, what about uh, have you guys? Either of you gotten a chance to see John Wick three? Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, you did. Yeah, I did. Okay, all right. I did. See there. Uh, hopefully, that was not a one star, half star review. Right? <laughs> no, I, I. It was delightful. <laughs> okay. I, I had. Uh, you know what? It was. It. It was. Tri- I think that movie was a tricky movie. Andy, have you seen it yet? No, I have. I still, <sighs> right. per Steve's rule, I have to still watch the first it's two. Not again. a rule. You always convert no, it was things. A rule. In, oh, you said. <laughs> It's highly recommended, but yes, if you if you forgot about the whole, you know, structure of the organization and all of that, it may help you. Yeah. Didn't say you have to. Just, yeah, no, I, I need to because yeah, I honestly you live by rules. I don't remember I much about the, the movies. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you, you should just uh, you know that he's getting revenge it, for his dog. Right. That's kind of all I remember. I don't even remember what the point of the second one is. Yeah, that's why you need to see the see the, at yeah. least the second one again because it builds which makes in. me makes me wonder why you know I don't know I that's my recollection of the second one I remember enjoying the action but I'm like the story I don't remember at all why is this so highly regarded I don't know I, I need to rewatch it because maybe it maybe I'll think it's a bunch of junk <laughs> why would you why would you say that you troll why I don't know why he would say that, that either you keep that stuff in your know. head. <laughs> But maybe I'll enjoy it. Who You're knows? Oh, so trolling right I just, now. I can't stand it. Uh, I am a terrible person. I, I had, uh, let's just say, in Andy's parlance, I had more quibbles with John Wick 3, and yet I still uh, had a blast of a time. And uh, they do... Uh, it, this movie levels up blood spatter, like close-up gunshot <laughs> blood spatter. I'm serious. Yes. That is a work of damned art in this movie. I was... <laughs> Every time they did it, I was just on the edge of my seat. Like, that is amazing. That's amazing what they did. Uh, so uh, I can't wait to, to, for you to see it, Andy, so we can talk uh, quibbles, because I'm pretty yeah. sure you're going to have some. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've got, I don't have uh, much news, but I, I do just want to talk a little bit about um, the, what's going on in... Uh, North Carolina, which is uh, probably not related to what you think we want to talk about. But uh, we've been talking a lot about state, uh, you know, states giving money to productions, right? Yes. Okay. And news dropped this week that some D.C. properties were canceled, if not uh, uh, canceled completely, uh, including the new D.C. uh, show uh, Swamp Thing. Was was one of those, which has been getting some interesting early reviews from the pilot that was was kind of being shown around and that that season one had uh, had already been done and locked. And then (laughs) I don't even know. uh, I I don't even know if I'm if I'm going to be able to do it complete justice, because it sounds like a complete mess. Rep Ted Davis Jr. says that due to a miscommunication uh, the state's film grant is nearly penniless in the coming fiscal year to the tune of uh, like $80 million was originally uh, budgeted for the state. And it, it was like uh, somebody missed a memo 
So they thought they had $67 million left to give to these production houses, and it turns out that's wrong. There is no money left. Sorry, productions, that you thought were getting all this money, and you were already nearly finished producing. You have no money from the state, and so you have you you we're not helping you anymore so these productions from you know in this case from dc are just they're done they dc has said we're just done um instead of getting 40 million dollars dc universe is getting uh, only 13 million in grant funding from the state a significant cut uh and so they said, OK, I guess we're done. No more Swamp Thing. Uh, they are going to release the first uh, season that they have already completed, but uh, they've scaled production back. They're only going to release 10 episodes, which is what they had finished. And and now they're just done because of states, because of the state just, you know, I, I don't know, moving a comma. I, I don't know. They just messed up budgeting and um, uh, and are not able to give the money. And that made me think uh, about just the fragility of these financial arrangements with all of the different uh, bodies that have to be a part of these things. Uh, and, you know, when you look at the thread as people try to uncover and unravel what happened in this North Carolina case, it just makes me think how, you know, how easy it is for all of these sort of financial arrangements to you know, they're houses of cards in, in this production economy, right? The uncertainty of what is going on in these states that have heretofore been so film and TV friendly. Um, I don't have much of a background on this stuff, but I'm, you know, I was wondering, Andy, if you had any thoughts on that kind of a thing, because you live in a little bit more of that production universe. Tax incentives are, have always been a tricky thing. Um, it, it's like any... Any incentive that a government provides any industry to come and you know work there, uh, you know they the uh, it, it can it can help an economy, but it uh, you're, and you're always going to find opponents and proponents of it um, because it, it can help boost an economy. There are benefits to having these incentives. A film industry that comes into a state when it's an outside production company. It can help the state's economy because there are more people staying in hotels. There are, um, you know, more people buying gas and buying food and and uh, renting locations and all this sort of stuff. It can be a, a real benefit. But there is also a lot of uh, on the flip side, a lot of research showing how it's not as helpful as people think. And it can drain these governments because they're putting so much money, especially these big states where they have these huge tax incentives like North Carolina. Uh, they're they're funneling out so much money to these incentives, but they're not seeing as much uh, governmental return uh, on their investment. And uh, it's it's an interesting avenue and uh, perpetual argument. And that's why a state like Arizona, where I am, is always running into issues with as we try to reintegrate a tax incentive for the film industry into our um, economy here, because it is a very um, right wing state. And because of that, they're a lot more cautious about giving money to these sorts of incentive programs because they don't see as much of the benefit. And it, it, it makes it more challenging. And so um, I, I think that and it, and it fluctuates. I, I know uh, New Mexico has gone through uh, similar fluctuations of it being a very popular thing and less popular. Uh, I think right now it's a very popular thing in New Mexico still. But uh, it, 
you know, it's just something that states have to be really managing well because they can end up funneling so much money out that it can cause real, uh, real issues if they're um, kind of not monitoring it. It's a, it's an interesting program. Well, I guess, I guess that's a question. I, it, it, that's the question to me. Like, what does it look like when it is done well? Right. You look at Arizona that is saying, you know, I don't know that we get the return on, you know, the value of these sort of productions. So why would we give them? So what is the, an example of a state that has done it well? That is that where the industry becomes kind of an uh, uh, inseparable uh, relationship it, it, it with all of the news about what's going on in West Virginia. And it seems like productions they're going to be able to pull up stakes and and move someplace else if they really had to. So what's a state that's done it well that actually gets something out of it? I mean, I I don't know if I'm an expert on that, Um, but I I would just say the ones that seem to have been doing it the longest and have managed their systems well, New Mexico, Louisiana, Georgia, uh, seem to be the three key states that uh, have been doing it the longest. And so I would argue if they've been doing it the longest, they're probably they've probably figured out a system to kind of manage it better than Mm -hmm. those others. Um, you know, I, I know I think Michigan was doing it for a while and it had a, an incredible incentive and a lot of productions were up there. But then all of a sudden it was shut down. And I think it's just because they they couldn't manage it in a way where it was actually delivering yeah. what they wanted it to. But I would say that those three states and of course, it also ends up playing into politics because Georgia now is facing an entirely different um, uh, you know, problem with its tax incentive program and all the production that has been going there because of other elements mm-hmm. of politics. And you know, it can it, it can create, uh, you know, issues when it gets tied into the political system like that. It, it feels like such a fragile thing, um, you know, especially when you look at the at, at the role of politics in these financial arrangements. Um, yeah. But uh, sorry to the the. Uh, folks who are working on um, Swamp Thing. It looked like an interesting entree into the, you know, DC small screen universe. And, and um, I weirdly, it's one I'm, I'm excited about. And it's, I, I hope they find a way to, to um, revitalize and hope it gets some traction. Um, but I, I worry. Yeah, it only aired one episode and they said it's canceled. Yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, I worry that because of that, like it's the the news of the cancellation is going to pick up more steam than just, you know, and it, clearly they're going to dump it on, on, you know, the streaming service. And I'm just not sure that that's going to be enough to uh, to get people to see it. Um, so I don't know. Uh, any other news that you guys would like to talk about? I've got some Marvel ish. Well, I guess it's Marvel news-ish. All right. I would call it. <laughs> uh, it's Marvel adjacent. Yeah, well, no, it's it's Marvel. I don't know that it's news. But apparently they're, uh, you know, the Avengers, you know, Endgame, you know, there's still, you know, articles popping up. And I guess uh, this was an article on Empire. They sat down with some of the writers to talk about some of the, you know, twists and different parts of the story. But the first one on their list is the one that was really intriguing to me because I guess there had been some fan speculation as to how, you know, the Avengers would go about how do you how do you kill Thanos? And I guess there was a theory that, well, if Ant-Man got really, really small and got inside Thanos and then went giant, it would just rip him to shreds. Right. But apparently one of the writers, uh, Christopher Marcus, said... Uh, 
Look, Thanos could take a punch from the Hulk. We've seen that, and it stands to reason his whole body is at least as strong as that. If Ant-Man expanded, he would simply be crushed against the immovable walls of Thanos' mighty rectum. Because I guess people thought that's <laughs> the way to get into Thanos. Go in his butt. Was it would go in? The, well, there you go. And did you did you see the little animated bit of the opposite happening, <laughs> or is that where you're leading with this? No, oh no, no, I didn't. No, I just saw this article and I thought, oh, Ant Man in the butt and expanding Thanos. But no, they, someone someone created the oh, no. reverse of that, where Thanos uses one of his power stones as Ant Man is coming at him. He uses one of his power stones to basically take Ant Man's powers, and then he goes small, jumps into Ant Man's butt, and then <laughs> enlarges and and kills Scott Lang. Oh, That's and horrible. Rips him into half. Yeah. That's horrible. Yep. Yep. Oh, internet! <laughs> you never cease to amaze. No, they don't. <laughs> Well, and and I don't. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry to no. interrupt. No, no, no. It's just I did not know that was a fan theory that was out there. That this was like people were talking about. This is a way that they could do it. I thought, no, that that's not what they're. I mean, it's an interesting idea of if you could get inside Thanos, you know, why not through his ear? You know, you you know, explode his head or something like that. You know, yeah. Why is rectum? Yeah, because maybe, because maybe, because maybe the rest the, of him isn't the internet as is as 13 years old. Is. That's why because the internet is perpetually 13 years old and butts are funny. So butts that's, are yeah, funny. That's and you know, if he goes yeah. in the butt, it, this is obviously a horrible, horrible thing to think about. But I don't think he would necessarily. I mean, it's not like he would be crushed if he gets large in there. And it, it, I think what would happen is the immovable walls, he would he would just turn like straight to pudding. Right. And just kind of, it would be just more of a discharge, a rectal discharge. From Thanos, he would just maybe he would think he just, Thanos would be like, wow, I ate something terrible. I mean, just, and it's more fart. of a dumb and dumber moment, right? He's, 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 he's I'm shaving. I'm just washing my hands. Oh, he, this is yes. yes. So yes. we go from we tax go. incentives to Thanos diarrhea, yeah. all yeah. in the span <laughs> yes. of about four minutes. Welcome to Saturday sure. matinee, if a top of the morning to you. <laughs> That's what we do. How we do trailers? <laughs> yeah, we probably. Oof! <laughs> Yeesh! All right. Uh, who's first? Well, no rules apply, so I guess uh, first up is the first who posted. Yeah, so go ahead, Pete. Take it away, Pete. Is it me, really? Yeah, you're you got yeah. your first post. Hallelujah. Check me out. Uh so <laughs> all right. So the trailer that I did is for a movie of uh disputable title. It was uh, the original <laughs> title was Numis. That and I was ready to talk all about Numis because I thought it was going to be a play on some sort of reverse thing. And the big question I had was how long into the movie do we have to wait for someone to figure out Numis is Simon backwards? I thought that was going to be a, a major reveal <laughs> that I picked up. That I you heard it here first. <laughs> the, Simon did it, everybody. Simon did it. Uh, it turns out that the title, as Steve so uh, deftly sleuthed, might just be Night Hunter, uh, and it is uh, from writer director David Raymond. Uh, it stars uh, Henry Cavill, a thoroughly bearded Henry Cavill, uh, Alexandra Daddario, uh, Stanley Tucci, Nathan Fillion's in it, Ben Kingsley, Minka Kelly is in it. I mean, check out that cast, you guys. Uh, it is the story of a local vigilante and uh, a weathered lieutenant and the police force all getting caught up in uh, trying to uh, 
uh, uncover a crime. It looks uh, a series of crimes. And I was curious about this. It the, the trailer started and I thought, oh, that's that's an interesting play on what, seven? And it just got more interesting from there. I thought the the visuals were super compelling. It looked like uh, something that was that did a good job of building a, a sense of impending threat and doom. And I like all these people. Uh, and so this is one of those movies where I hope the Dark Phoenix gap, the Dark Phoenix continuum uh, is very, very short. Like the gap between the quality of the people and the quality of the script is very, very small. You want that small approaching zero. And so that's my hope for Night Hunter. It's cruising in at 7.7 on uh, the IMDb scale with 170 ratings in so far. So it's cruising up over six stars. That gives me hope. What'd you think? Well, you should be at least happy to know that there is, in fact, a Simon character. Yes, and <laughs> yes there is. How much you want to bet he did it? <laughs> and Well, he's the crazy guy that they catch, yeah. of course. Oh, he already did it. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. You heard it here last. I, um, you know... Pete. Yeah. This trailer was so poorly no. made. I was I was shocked that the quality of this trailer with these actors. I'm like what is going on here? Like everything about this trailer was like the the audio mix was bad. Like nothing yes. was good. And so I it was very strange to me to watch this trailer with such a strong cast that was done so poorly. And I'm not saying the film is. I'm just saying that the trailer company that they hired to cut the trailer they need to be fired and got rid of because it was the one of the worst trailers i've seen oh no it was so distracting from the rest of it which looks interesting it looks like it could be an interesting one but it was just such a bad trailer so bad i'm sorry i'm sorry it graded on you so it, it, no it, it did me, it did me as well because i thought why is the music so loud i can't hear what people are saying and then i've got foreign subtitles across the bottom that aren't helping me at all understand what people are saying so there was it was very confusing visually things going on. i what i'm able to piece together from the story i'm really interested in this story i i like this whole setup of you know sort of the uh you know to to catch a, a predator type you know show gone you know really you know vigilante uh but then the twist of that you know his bait gets you know snatched up and they're trying to find her i hope that with this cast as you said that we can we can close that gap because it looks like a, a really unique story i like the the approach the setup that they're taking I suspect that it's going to have a very predictable ending to it. That won't stop me from enjoying it if it's if it's well executed. But yeah, the trailer just didn't do much for me, and I have concerns that if that's the first trailer we're getting is an international trailer, is this is this going to be a direct to to video, you know, direct to streaming yeah. release? Because uh, it's a shame because I think this cast can can really do something if in, you know in the right hands and this is something that i would hope to see uh, it reminds me of something like uh, uh prisoners you know where it's like a really dark you know exploration yeah. going in a new direction has that potential but the way that this is being you know released i don't know that it's that film, well that's unfortunate i have higher opinions of it than yeah. than you guys do but um but i totally see your point and the thing that worries me when it's all said and done is <laughs> you know not so much about the the quality of the trailer it's the fact that 
with this cast, uh, our release date is September 28th in the U.S. at the Los Angeles Film Festival. Not a wide release. The first wide release, uh, we'll call it wide, is August 15th in Russia so far. So the first release date after the U.S. Film Festival is uh, Russia, then Portugal, France, and Greece, with no other release dates scheduled. So um, this is a movie that I think it looks like is struggling to get uh, distribution in the biggest of the big markets. And um, and and so that gives me some concern that, that it's... So I, I guess my hope is that it has uh, less predictable uh, legs that are able to sustain okay. it once people start seeing it. So, um, so far it looks like, you know, 170 of friends and family will say, uh, enjoyed their experience with this movie. <laughs> so, uh, I'm hopeful. I stand hopeful. Who's well, next? I think that's me. I believe right, Steve, because yep. I was going along with the same trend of one word titles. <laughs> that was going to be a theme. That was what we were going to do since you had no miss. That's right. Simon backwards. I'm keeping that uh, in the show notes, by the way, so that we can keep with the, with the one word title. I'm sure. Yeah. Of course. Nice Hunter be uh, damned. <laughs> <laughs> and as I said earlier, you know, I wasn't going to watch, uh, the 2007, um, Funny games with Naomi Watts and Tim Roth, but I am going to bring a trailer for a movie with Naomi Watts and Tim Roth in it. And this is a story about a married couple that is forced to reckon with their idealized image of their son who was adopted from war torn. Oh, I can't pronounce that word. Er Eritrea. 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 Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, after a high school teacher makes an alarming discovery that threatens his status as an all-star student. And I don't know what is going on with Octavia Spencer between this and Ma. She's playing like crazy people. Uh, but the whole setup is this. You've got this this family who thinks they know their son. And you've got a teacher who's now questioning some of the things he's done. And is there a dark side to their son? And it gets into sort of, you know, stereotypes and race and all of these big questions. And this is the type of movie that I enjoy. I think it's with this cast. I'm excited to see what they do. It's a movie that I don't know where this is going to go. It's based on a play. So I, we've got some, it's not an original, it's a adaptation. So it's not a play that I'm familiar with, but uh, the playwright adapted this and uh, the screenplay director, Julius Ona, uh, who, you know, tried to maybe prove his his directing skills with Cloverfield Paradox, but I can't uh, blame him on that one. I think it was probably more script issues. So he's moving definitely far afield from Cloverfield Paradox with Loose. Um, this is going to be hitting theaters in August. I Again, this is one that I don't know is going to find an audience out there. Um, it's subject matter that I don't know that people are in the summer this isn't a feel-good, fun movie, uh, but I hope that it raises some questions and gets people having some interesting conversations about the assumptions that we make about people or our expectations and stereotypes. So that's where, where I'm hoping to see this film go. What did you guys think? 
I was riveted by this trailer. I thought it was fantastic. But now my entire uh, worldview on my view of trailers is called into question. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was riveting to every point that you uh, you made there, Steve. I think it's um, it, it's great. I mean, this idea of stereotypes, this idea of uh, expectations. I was a little bit baffled by Octavia Spencer playing the Ma character, it felt like, again. Like, I'm, I, yes. I, I feel like that's an unfortunate... Uh, it, it's an unfortunate stack of properties to be out there with her name on them right now. Like maybe we need some years between her playing that particular character um, because I'm I'm not looking forward to it yet again. You know, I, I yes. haven't even seen the first one yet. So um, and it feels so similar to me. Uh, just just yes. from what I've seen of these two characters. So I struggle a little bit with that. But um, I, I feel like uh, Luce himself, the character of Luce, what's, uh, what's the actor's name again? Um, uh, it, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, he's he looks great. Like he looks like a charismatic young protagonist that I want to watch uh, all the way through. So uh, I, I think he's uh, he's definitely leading the pack for me. Yeah, he was great in It Comes at Night. That was a really interesting mm film from a couple years ago um and so i and, and he's been acting i mean he it looks like he's been doing stuff since 12 years a slave and uh, so that's definitely right. that's right. somebody yeah. did yeah and he was in uh, the birth of a nation and mudbound and um it just I mean, he's got a, a a busy uh a busy uh career ahead of him too I uh, I loved this trailer. It looks like a really interesting film. I I feel like you guys are being a little too hard on it as far as the Octavia Spencer and Ma connection. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's just a trailer, and I don't quite get a sense that there's like this. There's quite as much going on. I think it actually the trailer for me plays like, is it her? Is it him? I don't know, right. and it, it, I don't know. I found it to be really interesting the way that this trailer played out, and I loved that this trailer sets me up without kind of spelling out the whole story, which, you know, I, I get really frustrated when trailers just give you the whole story. And this one doesn't. It it really leaves me with with just so many questions. So I, I had a great time watching this trailer. And this is something I am going to be very curious to check out when it's released. Yeah. I think uh, I think that oh, we I can say could... probably Luce did it. So then we have a set of trailers yeah. where Luce did it and Simon did it. <laughs> and then who did it in your trailer? <laughs> The harpoon, the harpoon, the harpoon. The harpoon did it. You guys, okay, so so Steve forcibly made me pick a, a one-name trailer. I, I gave Andy a rule, and he, he, came, and he has he to abide by here. it if it's a rule. He strong-armed me into it. I can't tell you how many trailers I watched that had just one-name titles. Looking for something that would be worth talking about. Let me just say, there are a lot of really bad trailers. There's Shaft, which unfortunately also looks really bad. And then weirdly, I have a flood of of trailers from from Indian cinema that yeah. are all one word. And I was watching some of those. And I'm like, I just don't know if I should pick one of these. I mean, they, they might be interesting, but I just don't know enough about the uh, about <laughs> what they're trying to do. And none of them inspired me as much as that one where that uh, man took the form of a fly, whatever that one was called. Oh, that I picked years yes. ago. Remember that one? 
<laughs> this, uh, so I was going to go with the documentary, but you guys, uh, you know, again, strong armed me into going with this horror trailer. It's a horror comedy. It, it's really what I wanted to In go the first with. Place. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's it's how it comes. And, and Andy posts it, and Steve says, uh, Andy, find a trailer for another movie with a one word title. And Andy writes, like this? Question mark. And mm-hmm. you can tell what he's really saying is, please, somebody say yes, like this. Please, somebody tell me that this is okay. That's what I heard in that post. That's right. That's exactly. You You heard right. You heard right. Oh, dear. Yeah, Harpoon, it doesn't look like it's necessarily a good movie, but it does have a 7.4 on IMDb. Based on 49 uh, reviews. 49 votes. 49 <laughs> votes. And and I would like to imagine that, like the trailer, those 49 votes are probably the director's mom, and all the <laughs> friends and family involved, because as the trailer so comically points out, as it starts off, it you know with the, with the narrator basically in a very meta way telling you about movie trailers that use big bold review quotes uh, like tense as hell and uh, hilarious masterpiece. But then you look at um, below, below it and it says tense as hell, a site that could destroy our careers. <laughs> hilarious masterpiece, someone that totally gets the movie. And they're they're really playing it best movie ever said no one ever, and uh, and then like the director's mom has something that pops up. It's it's very silly. The trailer doesn't really tell you a whole lot of what's going on, but my sense of it is that this is a story of a group of friends who go out on a boat, and they and something goes wrong, and they like they're trapped out in the middle of the ocean, and basically it, it looks like they basically have to start killing each other to. Uh, to survive like they have to you know go cannibalistic i have no idea if that's really what it's about but that's my sense from watching the trailer it doesn't look that great but it looks like it could be fun the trailer you know they're yeah i don't know it it could be goofy fun so who knows that's harpoon what did you guys think of this one you know it would be such a twist if the harpoon actually (laughs) saves everybody (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, we're gonna love a good horror comedy and write it out everybody hang on i can't wait (laughs) that 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 is possible although it does say imdb says rivalries dark secrets and sexual tension emerge when three best friend best friends find themselves stranded on a yacht in the middle of the ocean under suspicious circumstances Mm. so i i don't know what the suspicious circumstances are but the fact that it's labeled a comedy horror, I am always up for a good combination of those because it's going to give me all the the scares and gore and all that, but it's not taking itself so seriously. It's going to allow itself to to be ridiculous, to embrace some of the tropes in the genres of something like this. Uh, you stick through people on a yacht. Where can you go with that story? Not a lot of places, so... It's going to get ridiculous, and I expect to fully just have fun with this. Yeah, I'm on board. But I also yeah. just gave a one star and a heart review to Beats of Rage. So, <laughs> what you will. <laughs> Let's do lists, shall we? Or when's it coming out? How soon uh, yeah, can I get I, to see it? I don't know. Yeah, Harpoon. It looks like it's uh, getting released right now. It only has a release date. Uh, International Film Festival Rotterdam, which happened. Back in January of 2019. Um, so I don't know if there is... Was there another date on the trailer? I don't no, think I don't so. Recall. Just says coming soon. So Coming soon, All Pete. Right. Coming soon. Soon I shall see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do list. I wasn't here last week, so uh, set us up. 
Yeah, we were talking about Notorious, and uh, this is Hitchcock's Ingrid Bergman, Cary Grant film. And so Steve and I put our our heads together and came up with, I think, some pretty solid options for our list. We did, uh, let's see, what did we do? Now I'm forgetting because it's, I have to scroll so far back. Sneaky schemes, poisoning, and the leftover Nazis. The leftover <laughs> Nazis is what took it. So, uh, you know, when you're looking in your fridge and you need something to take to work that day, you know, pass up that uh, that corned beef sandwich uh, for half leftover and go for, for the, the leftover, leftover Nazis instead. Nazis. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, uh, so Pete, yeah. uh, you want to kick yours off since uh, you started the trailers? We're, we're, we kind of cre- keep creating all yeah. these new rules. It's yeah, fun. I, I like it. I like it this week. Uh, so the, the first yeah, one right. is, a, is a new to me movie. It is a, a new to me movie that was released in 2015. It was, I believe, a trailer pick uh, from one of us. So, you know, it's fodder for Trailer Rewind. So it's got that going right. for us. Um, it is the, okay. the film uh, follows an elderly uh, and dementia-laden uh, Christopher Plummer as he goes across the country oh. uh, to find the uh, person, the the Nazi uh, block leader at Auschwitz that he believes is responsible for the death of his family. And he is guided there by a wheelchair-bound Martin Landau. So both of these guys are playing uh, old men, and they're out for vengeance. It's a vengeance story. Uh, So there's that. Do you know know Curb Your Enthusiasm, (laughs) the show? Yes. Okay. So uh, you know yep. the music. You know that music. I want you mm-hmm. when you watch this movie. Have either of you seen it? No. Okay. You got to put that in your head as you're watching the first like 40 minutes of this movie. It will make it better. Wow. <laughs> it will be an improvement because there's something about it. this is there's there's nothing about the first part of this movie that doesn't come off as just sort of weirdly bumbling. And I think I I don't know if Adam McGoyan was trying to make this comedy, but it, it he should have. Then it goes crazy dark and it's very twisty. Uh, and so there it, there are definitely some redemptive things going on at the end. I won't spoil it because I know it's fairly recent and you guys haven't seen it, uh, but it is uh there is definitely some Nazi hunting. There is some leftover Naziing in this movie. Uh, is it worth seeing at a 7.5 on the IMDb scale? Mm, no, it's not quite there for me, but it, it'll be at a 6. I think it's, it is at a 6. Uh, and if you're an Adam McGoyan fan, um, I, I think you'll like the very twistiness at the end. Oh, my. Yeah. Extra twisty. I'm, I'm not a fan. You're not of a fan of Adam McGoyan? Extra twisty. No, I, there's nothing of his that I've seen that I, and I haven't seen that, that much, but I just, I don't know. Yeah, I've only yeah. seen, I've yeah, seen a couple of his films. He's yeah. never, never wowed me, but I do, yeah. I will say the two films, yeah. I think two films that I've seen of his are ones that, that have stuck with me though. I wanted this to be a I, thing that just was a, yeah. a complete slam dunk. I mean, the, the material yeah. is so juicy. Like this is it is a, a really interesting sort of memento style story. And it just doesn't doesn't communicate that very well. Was so, it based on something sad. or was it original by him? Original property. OK. All right. So that's my number one. Remember, and I pick it because it is the most recent. 
that is the that is the high title that, that I give this. Everything else gets older from here. So there you go. Remember. All right, Steve. Okay. All right. Uh, this was a challenge to put some stuff together. I don't know why I thought this would be easier to to pull off. Uh, but I did find a few things and uh, lots of things that I haven't seen in a while. So I thought, well, maybe it'll be time to, to revisit these to see how well they held, held up. Um, but my first one is a story. It, it's a really interesting cast on this one. And it, it sort of splits across two eras in time. But we start off in 1965 with some Mossad agents crossing into East Berlin to apprehend a notorious Nazi war criminal. Some things happen. And then we revisit this group 30 years later uh, as some of the secrets that they are trying to hide from back in the 65 come back to haunt them in John Madden's 2010 film, The Debt, with an amazing cast. Heron, Helen Mirren, Tom Wilkinson, uh, who else? Jessica Chastain, Sam Worthington. I, I remember seeing this. I think I rented this. Um and really enjoyed it. Uh, it had some. I, I'm always up for a good thriller with some twists to it. Um, so that's my first one on this list. I don't know if either of you had uh, that's seen the, the first steal. Oh, yeah. right. I was on my list, Excellent. but not a steal. So I, I okay. love it. It was a really interesting story. Excellent. I, I uh, enjoyed it. It's not yeah. one that stuck with me um, that much, but it certainly was an interesting one. And uh, yeah. I liked that the aspects of the kind of just kind of the trying to track down that last Nazi. It was it was a good story. I liked it. Yeah, I'm doing one that I am pretty sure I've put on a list in the past, um, but. I no, <gasps> it's breaking a rule on the show, so I, I'm going to allow myself this okay. one. Um, but it's but it's because it's a good film, and I think uh, more people do need to see it. Even though it it you know it was kind of an awards type of movie, Kate Winslet won an Oscar for it. After all, it is of course the 2008 film The Reader, directed by Stephen Daldry. I this is a movie that just it really stuck with me, and I found it to be a really powerful story about this this teenager who kind of uh, falls for this older woman and has an affair with her and then you know years later uh, you know kind of uh, things she resurfaces as a defendant in this uh, uh, war crimes trial because she was a guard at a concentration camp and um, the boy now is is a grown up uh, uh, Ray Fines, and it's just a really interesting kind of examination of this relationship between these two and and the secrets of their past and and uh, all of that. I, I just found it to be such an interesting film, and it's it's one that really did stick with me. So uh, that's my first pick, The Reader. Do you guys seen that one? I can't. I don't think I have. I don't think I've no. seen it. I think uh, somebody, I read some review somewhere that said Oscar Beatty, and I probably <laughs> said, oh, I'll read it. <laughs> well, maybe, and, and maybe it is, but I don't know. I just, I, the story really stuck with me. I, I found it to be a really interesting story. So, so I, I think it's worth checking out. I don't know if it's a, um, uh, I don't know if I want to end up kind of creating a patient zero in the name of the father again, where all of a sudden everybody watches it and they all like, Meh. <laughs> but you know, whatever. <laughs> See, it was, it got Kate Winslet had two movies that came out that year and both of them. I'm like, eh, 
yeah, it's a drama. I It wasn't anything I was going to rush out into the theater to see. And there's been nothing that's just been strong enough to compel me to see either The Reader or Revolutionary. It's a hard one to watch. And I just felt like it w- Yeah, both. I was just like, I don't know that the subject matter just seemed heavy. I'm like, do I really want to put myself through this? Is it going to be a rewarding experience or is it just going to be abusing myself? Now, I'm saying that after having telling you I just yeah it's it's not games, a film so like funny games where you're gonna to walk talk. away saying that no, i just I, tortured myself for two hours so at least at least you got that <laughs> right. going for you plus i mean the performances are okay. stellar i mean ray fines of course is always brilliant and kate yeah. winslet really yeah. i i feel like yeah. you know she yeah did deserve an oscar she's just really great in this film yeah all right okay. uh pete what's next for yes. you yes well, okay. So I'm going with I'm going back in time a little bit. So Remember was the newest new to me movie. I watched that last night. Stayed up way too late this morning. I I wanted to watch something that that uh, has been on my list for a long, long time, uh, and I that I also I had never seen. Uh, I don't even I don't even know what to say about this. It's a Nazi hunting. Uh, science fiction jam from 1978 from Franklin Schaffner. Is it a steal yep. yet? Hey, there we go. The boys from Brazil. Thank goodness for YouTube. The whole thing is on there. Now that I've said that out loud, it'll be pulled. So it's going to be gone. Yeah. yeah. So watch it quick. Uh, <laughs> but you can. It's out there. And it is the story of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gregory Peck plays Joseph Mengele, and he's making Nazi clones of Adolf Hitler, uh, and he's trying to get them to be, he's got them all adopted by foster parents, and he's going to assassinate their fathers at the same time, and so it's a big assassination thing, and uh, James Mason and Laurence Olivier are, are in this with Gregory Peck, and I had a really hard time with this movie i thought it was uh, maybe i watched uh, it's because of beats of rage proximity um but it it i laughed probably more than than the filmmakers intended me to laugh uh it's during so this much movie. better it's, than you're giving it is, credit for i have it is, an, it is i enjoy this movie it's really fun and it is entertaining not, i'll tell you that silly, but, but at least it's on the list i guess the the plot is your plot is over. No, your plot is over. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so, what? However, you choose to take it. If you want to take it as a serious piece of cinema contribution, please do. I also enjoyed it. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the boys from Brazil. I'm glad it's on the list. And it's got a great score. See, that's one I'm that, just going to throw that in there, too. It does. Oh, you have a great point. <laughs> great that is, that's very true. I enjoyed that. Yes. I, it's one that's been... I, I remember hearing about it, and it's one that I've always thought, oh, yeah, that cast, probably worth seeing at some point. Uh, I mean, based on a novel and all of this. So perhaps it's... Did you watch it on your laptop and YouTube, like on a, you know... Did, is it is it the fact that you were watching it in YouTube on a tiny screen that, that took away and detracted from perhaps the weight of the subject matter? Well, or no, is it just... I, I watch it on it's a big, 70s and it's... I watch it on a oh, big you screen. Did watch I watch it on a big screen. Okay. Um, and okay. so, you know, there's that. And I had the headphones okay. on. All I right. could get in all that lush, lush yeah. Goldsmith score. Uh, okay. So... All right. It's just... Yeah. Well, it's the 70s. I watched it on my Palm Trio on the toilet, as intended. <laughs> All right. 
Well, no, I haven't seen it, but I now I'm split between the. I'll I'll get around to it someday. <laughs> the reader, all boys right. from Brazil. The reader, boys from Brazil. <laughs> Brazil. There we go. Okay, all right. My next one's probably going to be a steal because if you're talking about Nazis, why not do another Laurence Olivier film? <laughs> okay. Is this a steal for anybody yet? No? When you've got a graduate student played by Dustin Hoffman strapped to a chair with an evil dentist asking him, is it safe? Is it safe? John Schlesinger's 1976 Marathon Man, written by William Goldman. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show, so it's not on my list. Yeah, I, yeah. I was following the Andy what? rule, so... Oh, <laughs> I forgot. It was part of our 1976 <laughs> series, the first, the first go-around. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you know what, everybody? Go check out that episode on the yes, show. Definitely. See? Go dig Plug. into the archives. There you go. Plug in the archives. That's what there I meant to go. do. It, well yeah, it's a great movie and, and certainly certainly yeah. should be on the list. <laughs> All right. So for my next one, I am I'm well, I've had to, you know change things up a little bit because i've had two steals i'm gonna go way back uh to one that i honestly haven't seen in a very long time so i, I feel a little uh hesitant to talk about it too much um but uh i remember enjoying it it's orson wells's third film the stranger from 1946 uh edward g robinson is uh, is in uh he's in hunting a potential nazi in in small town america um it's a fugitive franz kindler who is uh uh no he's the he's the uh yeah hiding somewhere in i want to say connecticut and uh yeah and so it's he kind of goes to the town and it's this kind of it's this fun story that that orson wells did it was kind of his first dabbling in noir after um his uh, first two films and uh, it, it definitely doesn't feel as big as uh, Citizen Kane or uh, and I don't think it was as messed up as the Magnificent Ambersons, but it still is a really interesting one. An interesting um, note is the first Hollywood film to actually have documentary footage of the Holocaust included in it. So um, that's my next choice. The Stranger from 1946. That's a that's a great pick. It was uh, it, it was on my my backup list, too, um, if, if only because I think uh, Ever G. Robinson is just great he is. as is like he's like the war crimes yeah, guy. Right. I mean, exactly. he's like the prosecutor. Yeah, he's hunting him down. Yeah. And it's got a great uh, climactic so uh, thing going on on, on a windmill. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's a it's a it's fun one yep. to watch. All right. Pete, uh, final pick. OK. Uh, that yes, that's me. That's me. I this one is I'm, I take this one much more seriously than the boys from Brazil. Uh, when it when I get uh, confronted by uh, leftover Nazis, I immediately call John Voight mm. uh, because John Voight in uh, director Ronald Neem's Neem Neemy. I think it's Neem. You think his name? Director Ronald Neem's 1974 film, The Odessa File. Uh, You know, it's also very twisty. It's got the same sort of identity twist that is uh, consistent with some of my other picks. Hmm. Uh, I really like John Voight's. uh, He plays the the um, wide eyed journalist 
and he he has a diary and he's tracking down the SS captain. And I uh, I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, it's uh, based on a, a wonderful screenplay for, by Kenneth Ross, uh, based on the book, Frederick Forsyth book. I have never read the book, uh, but I really enjoyed this movie. It also has a seven star on IMDb, just like the boys in, in the boys from Brazil. And that puzzles me. <laughs> so I, I stand by that. Uh, uh, anyway. The Odessa file 1974, definitely worth seeing. I, that's when I I feel like okay. I, I can't remember if I ever finished it. I, I know I started it and uh, feel like... That doesn't bode well if you weren't even able to finish no, no, it. No, no, it was one of those like I started late at night and I'm like, I, and I'm pretty uh, sure I started it, but I don't think I ever uh, got around to finishing it. I think I forgot about it or Netflix dropped it or something. And, and so it's one I definitely need to return to because I was enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's worth it. It's good. Steve, yeah, have you see, seen that I one? Just, no, I, see, World War II movies, just not a thing I really enjoy or Nazi, you know, not that that's a World War II thing, but just that genre is just not something that's been a high interest to me. So that no, I, have, list. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see there's some that I do. There's some that I do, but there's some, it seems like they were... They, we go through fits and spurts of like where there's high interest in those types of things. Like in the seventies, you've got a lot of that. And it just, eh, not anything that was of interest to me when I was in high school and, you know, working in a video store. And just since then I'm like, ah, oh, there's better things to watch. So. Interesting. No. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. I hear it. Yeah. So, which, which makes my yeah. list really challenging because I I'm looking and I've seen all these things. I'm like, nope, haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. So I'm really stretching the rules on this, on this third one because when you say leftover Nazis, it's like there's Nazis that are still around. So there's a, this is a movie that's got Nazis in it, but they're more next-gen Nazis. Uh, you might call them neo-Nazis. Next-gen Nazis, Nazis are, is so much easier to market. Yeah, that was, that's good. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's there's Nazis and they're here in America and you could say they're leftover because they're still influenced by those ideals. Um, but when I think of Nazis, this is one of the first movies that come to mind. And I know it's a there's a, a there were a lot of issues in production and all this. And I remember seeing it and and enjoying it. It's again not one that I'll probably watch again. But uh, 1998's American History X has Nazis in it. It's on my list because they're leftovers because they're not originals. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm sure they really would like to be uh, referred to as unoriginal. You know, the unoriginal Nazis, <laughs> yes. the unoriginal Nazis, or the oh, next gen Nazis, right. Nazis 2.0. Right. I don't know. That's a yes. tough film to watch. Oof. Yep, that's yes, a film I only yes. needed to watch once. Yeah. A really yep. good one. I really enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy a film like that. Yeah. Right. Well, good pick uh, for my final one. I feel like, you know, you can't have a uh, conversation about leftover Nazis without talking about the film Judgment at Nuremberg from 1961. That's my final pick, Stanley Kramer's film that really looks at the the Nuremberg trials and uh, talk about big casts, Pete, uh, Spencer, Tracy, Burt Lancaster, Richard Widmark, Maximilian mm-hmm. Schell, uh, Werner Klemperer, Marlena Dietrich, Judy Garland, William Shatner, Montgomery, Montgomery Clift. Uh, it just the list goes on. It's a it's a big cast and it's an epic film about the 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 trials. And it's a really interesting kind of look at it and an exploration of 
kind of just everything that it represented as far as the atrocities committed, the the non-combatants, the civilians, the uh, just, just kind of the, how complex everything was. Uh, it's a really fascinating study, uh, and I'm sure it's probably just, you know, tip of the iceberg sort of thing, but I still found it to be an excellent way to just kind of get a sense of everything that was going on, just the complexities of the of kind of having to think about these things. You know, uh, you know, are you in the right because all you were doing was following orders? Uh, you know, I, I found it to be a fascinating study. So definitely worth checking out um, Stanley Kramer's Judgment at Nuremberg. Yeah, this was fantastic. Just fantastic. I saw this on the big screen at Chautauqua oh, wow. during a, a week. A- yeah, a week actually that was led by um, by folks from the, the Justice Center who were talking about, you know, what was going on in this movie, what was going on, you know, what was it, what was it telling? I mean, the, the, uh, it, it's such an amazing uh, historical experience that is just perfectly captured in this movie. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one worth checking out. Yeah. And I'm guessing you haven't seen it, Steve. Nope. Yeah. Steve, I but, think this is one that, that you could you could find yourself oh, getting sure. behind. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm probably. More than just yeah. the leftover Nazi bits. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay, so that, that's it. That's, that's our it, list. right? You were it? That's, that was it. it. You were that's the last the one. Yeah. All right, what are we, do, what are we doing now? Well, we we're looking at uh, the first collaboration between Ingrid Bergman and her uh, future husband, Roberto Rossellini, this is uh, Stromboli from 1950. I had alluded to the fact that none of us had seen it. And then, Pete, very shortly after you posted that you went and watched it. So uh, being I, the, being I the person it. who it saw actually... it, I think that you should uh, lead the conversation here. <laughs> it was really funny. As you were posting it, I was like in the last 20 minutes of watching it. Um, so I have thoughts uh, on just the movie uh what did what did some some other people ended up posting some things right I think steve posted um, a few things like volcanoes oh i i went to the imdb plot keywords because where else are you <laughs> gonna go when you have no concept of the movie and i think i got it with you know for based on the plot summary there's volcanoes there's like beating your wife <laughs> um the other thing that seemed to show up a lot was there was something about rabbits ferrets and like actually killing animals yeah but i didn't put that on my list yeah but. and so that that was one that actually <laughs> stuck out to me there the the okay. use of just sort of documentary um not just documentary tools but like it switches to a documentary <laughs> so oh, okay. at, like non-voiceover this is this is man against nature this is nature against nature you're going to watch the whole thing and we as actors are going to stand here and watch this happening and uh welcome to italian neorealism everybody it's it's hard um and so there was there was that there's there's this whole sequence of fishing uh where you're watching them actually fish and and um, it's it's hard on the character. So I thought something related to uh, I have no idea where I would even start to pull together a list like this, but something related to incorporating uh, real footage, whether that's like, you know, whether we use the word documentary or not, but incorporating just actual footage of I don't know what that would be. Um, but that sticks with me. Um, there's a lot of that in this movie. Um any anything jump out at you there that you can rephrase that somehow? Uh, I, I would non-narrative doesn't really that doesn't work. It's it's um, I mean yeah because it's part of the narrative. I'll say I'll, I'll say uh, how about docu style? Okay, or incorporating yeah. some docu style okay. footage. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good. We'll see if we'll see if that holds up once you see the yeah. movie. Um, I, I feel the, the ferret versus rabbit thing is. <laughs> it surprised me too. I feel like we uh, could do um, life on an island pretty easily. Yeah. That seems yes, like absolutely. that gives us a lot of options. Well, and and I don't think we can discount the role of the volcano. Yeah, uh, there is it's active know, too, right? A volcano. Oh yeah, yeah, it's active. So why don't we do active and, volcanoes? Well, and that's another yes, and that's another bit of the documentary kind of style, the docu style, is that they they show a uh, a fleeing of the volcano uh, in, in the movie of, of real people fleeing a volcano on the on I don't know if it's that island or not. I haven't finished my research yet, but it is um, supposedly the stuff where people are running. They're really the real people running from you know real lava. Uh, so. Okay. Well, I feel like that's it then. Incorporating some docu-style footage, okay. life on an island, and active volcanoes. I like it. Okay. Well, there it is. That's right. going up in you, the me, show and talk. Waponi Woo. <laughs> that's right. That's going up in the yeah. Just <laughs> just as a reminder, we have talked about Joe versus the volcano on the show. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I'm going to put that in the show talk channel over on uh, Discord. So go ahead and get your votes in, everybody. It'll be pinned there. You can uh, you can find it that way and uh, get your votes cast so uh, we can pick for our conversation next Saturday. Outstanding. Oh, I can't wait for you to see. Well, this we already movie. have a vote. Look at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, voted. I voted. Oh, okay. I went in and voted. Oh. I wanted to vote. It, I showed up. It's posted. I'm like, oh, okay. we'll vote. So fast. Get it in there. Really These guys are so Because fast. then, then what, if I get my vote in there early, then later on, if it's not going the way I want, I can redistribute my yeah. vote. See, see how he <laughs> does the poll the way I want it to go. It. it totally does. And you're going because life sometimes, on an island, Steve? I was sure you were going to yes. be going with incorporating docu-style footage. Yeah, I know. I, I'll have to think about that one. But life on an island, that one's easy. Oh, I'm going for active gonna, volcanoes. <laughs> All right, go ahead. There, there we go. Right, two footage. votes. <laughs> okay, fine. Hey, one, oh, wait. Hey, hey, right. Ray just voted for active <laughs> volcanoes <laughs> also. Yeah. All right. Okay. Ray All right. Ray I'm changing my vote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got a hell of a horse race this week, everybody. Thank you uh, so much for downloading and listening to this circus. Uh, and get your votes in in the Show Talk channel right now. Hurry before it's too late. Uh, and uh, and thank you all for supporting the show. If you're supporting us at patreon.com slash the next reel, we sure appreciate it. It helps us do things like not just this show. Please don't take this as... <laughs> As the bar <laughs> that we set for the production oh, no. of your decision to help to donate to the show uh, each and every month. We do other stuff, too, uh, like the Next Real Weekly show and uh, the uh, Trailer Rewind show uh, that Steve and JJ do. And uh, and uh, lest we forget the Marvel Movie Minute Movies by Minute show covering all the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So thank you, everybody. Your donations directly support us continuing to uh, to dive into those properties for years mm. years now uh, uh thanks thanks gents steve andy what's the first thing you're gonna watch steve oh i've got to get back into my criterion noir because i've only got till the end of the month to finish this thing up so whatever whatever is next on the list so i'll be knocking out a couple noir and then gosh darn it later today or tomorrow gonna get out right, there, there and see go. that book smart 
I think that's going to be mine too. I'm going to have to sneak out and see that one next. Andy, what's yours? Well, aside from Stromboli, I started watching Bonjour Tristesse. So I'm going to try to get that one finished up here sometime soon. Outstanding. Thanks, everybody. Um, Check out some movies. We'll catch you next week. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. (laughs) 